Up from the bowels of a tobacco patch. Straight from Louisville, Kentucky. Angular. This band will make your heart stop. Dripping down like blackstrap molasses. They will make you rethink your own religion. Wafting like corn mash in the morning summer air. They will take you to paradise and back. Put you in a cold sweat. They'll take your legs and cut them off and put them on the other legs. Angular motherfucker, angular. Nipples as hard as quarters. Motherfucker, angular. Welcome, Welcome, everyone. This is another episode of That Record Got Me High. I'm your host, Rob Elba. It's wonderful having you all here with me. You know what we do. We have guests on, and we talk about a record that got them high. And I have a returning guest. Joe, you know, I don't want to say that you're the guy that brings the weirdo records to the show, you know, per se. But I I almost feel like, you know, it would be out of character if you just brought just like some kind of normal record that everyone knew, you know? Sure. <laughs> That's fair, right? Although, but I mean, this is definitely, I wouldn't, you know, I'm, I'm saying weirdo record, you know, maybe compared to, uh, you know, much more um, mainstream uh, things that we may do or things that a lot of more people would know. But uh, before I'm getting ahead of myself, let me introduce my guest properly. Uh, he runs Carbon Records and he plays in various bands. The last bands I have you playing with, but it could be more now, I have Pango, I have Crush the Junta, and I have... Um, heard uh he also hosts a podcast called my teeth need attention all that's still true joe oh barely yeah yeah, yeah well you know uh, it's very infrequent um it, it, yeah that's what i figured but yeah what, what, you know i have to say something so let's welcome yeah, yeah. back to the show joe tunis welcome back to the show joe hey good to be back here yeah yeah that band band wise yeah it's pretty much turd's kind of on hiatus i think okay i don't know yeah nuge my my it's a duo and i i talked to him the other day and he sort of I joke because he ghosts me every time I ask him about turd stuff. He just doesn't reply uh, to those texts. About, how old is and he? It, but we we hang out all the time. Oh, he's a year younger than me. Um, and I brought it up the other day, and he just giggled and uh, didn't say anything. That's weird because young <laughs> so, people do that. Like uh, millennials, I would expect that from a millennial. But if he's older yeah. than that, he should. He's be in Pango with me too. So <laughs> Pango's a four piece, <laughs> right? I don't know. We, I mean, we've. Over the last like couple of years, we've really just sort of focused on Pengo. And, oh, okay, so he just goes to yeah. you on uh, turd mainly. I, I can't, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh, well. So I don't know what's going on. What are you going to do? Uh, yeah. You're still in New York? You're still in upstate New York? Yeah, Rochester. Western Rochester. New York, we call it. There you yeah, go. but for downstate people, it's upstate. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So yeah, but, you know, we've done Gaster Del Sol. You brought a a Bardo Pond record. But the most exciting thing that I wanted to talk about a little is the episode we did on the Dead Sea uh, uh, on their record Trapdoor Fucking Exit. It a lot of some of what we said ended up in the thirty three and a third book on that record, right? Well, it was a different. It was actually on a different record. 
But the book really talks about the band and the band history. Oh, okay. But it is yeah. a, a 33 and a third book. Oh, right. Uh, on the Dead yeah. Sea. But yeah, but they the used... The book was about their fake live record, yeah. Oh, okay. All right. But they used... Yeah, they used some... Like, I guess they transcribed some of I had no idea. I literally... I bought that book because, you know, I'm a huge fan of the Dead Sea. Right. I saw it coming out, and Tom Lax, who runs Silk Breeze... Uh, talked about it, alluded to it, you know, but I wasn't sure if he was joking about it when I did an interview with him. Right. And then I bought it because it came out, and I flipped, and it's like the first or second page, there's a transcription of the interview you and I did. Yeah. And I'm like, what the hell is this? Like, the, the author didn't reach out to me or anything, which is fine. Right, uh, right But I was just course. kind of, yeah. Was, so he used that, and then he used some of the... Uh, uh, interview I did with Tom Lax too, right? Right. Um, because that record that they talk about is kind of like something re- was re- it was recorded when Tom went to New Zealand to kind of hang out with the Dead Sea when he first met them back in the nineties. Okay. And to be fair, yeah. there's probably there isn't a, a ton of people around talking about the Dead Sea, so they were probably happy. To I think find... there's a lot. I I can't imagine I'm an expert on that band. Well, no, <laughs> but, but obviously, clearly, we're, neither yeah. of us are an expert on just about anything. <laughs> but you know, hey, if someone wants. to <laughs> Put us in a buckle, whatever. Who, right, who right. are we to question it, you know? <laughs> I'm nobody. So. Uh, well, you know, you're somebody because you're a three-time, this is your uh, three or four-time, this is your fourth time on this show now. So I think you're, four, you're yeah. Clearly someone. Uh, that's twice more than uh, Mike Watts been on the show, so look at that. You're twice more, in Watt. some in, in a weird way, you're twice as more important than Mike Watts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, so what's the record that we're going to talk about? Uh, Rodan's really only proper full length called Rusty. Yeah. And I, uh, again, I knew nothing about this and I knew nothing about this record, but then in digging into it, I realized, oh, okay, I'm sure there's a lot of people that know about yeah. this because it's kind of. Uh, uh, all right, so uh, there were a band formed in 1992 in Louisville, uh, Kentucky. And obviously, the, the first thing I think of is Slint. Uh, who was also from Louisville, Kentucky, and who we did uh, Spiderland, uh, Spiderland episode with Jay Reeve of uh, Mutant Sounds. record came out in 1991 so i have to figure i mean i'm just i'm just speculating but these guys had to be fans of uh slint right yeah i bet you fans and probably friends um you know i think louisville was not uh you know it's not that big of a town and i think the scene that was doing this kind of stuff was very small right right yeah and you hear like uh when i was listening to this record a lot this week and i've listened to this record like a billion times i started listening to it maybe a little differently like trying to figure out really where it came from right and you can hear tinges of squirrel bait in this band oh yeah, um, yeah and right. and other like earlier you know squirrel bait was basically going for like that early who's could do kind of real aggro fast thing right Not I, I know very little about Who's Could Do, but I know talking to uh, David Grubbs and he was in Squirrel Bait and Gasical Soul. Um, he talked a lot, a lot about that, like how Who's Could Do and that Midwest aggro thing is kind of what influenced uh, Squirrel Bait. And then you listen to Rodan and they have that 
I think of them as math rock, like Silk Breeze or like um, like uh, Slint, but they're a little you know faster and a little more aggressive. Yeah, well, they um, have yeah they have yeah. some of that, and they have some obviously some of that math rock in there, but they do have. Yeah, it's it's kind of hard to describe, but what you're talking about that uh, that what Squirrel Bait was doing and relates back to his do is that aggression. You have that raw aggression, but there's also this like I don't know this kind of earnestness and also melody. Some uh, melody is allowed to to sneak in, and it's sort of mm-hmm. a a part of it. it. It's an important part of it because they're they're not just about hitting you hard and noise. They're also about uh, feeling there's a lot of emotion in the music you know yeah tons right right and uh and yeah. and this record yeah it, it, it's great uh but it also to me it's a very emotional it's, it's almost a, a kind of a downer i don't know i get the feeling also that i get the feeling which which i guess apparently was true as far as spiderland the slint record that these kids these are young kids in their early 20s that they were maybe uh, depressed <laughs> maybe I, I mean i mean if you have, did you watch the slint documentary oh yeah oh yeah yeah um you know you get a sense that it's teenagers in a small town uh you know just bummed out yeah right uh, right you know like kind of bu- <laughs> you know i don't know it's that's sort of the story of how most you know kind of punk kind of music gets going anyway I guess. right and when you think about Any it most uh, most young people are depressed and uh you know sure. like that. yeah. it's not a yeah and you're by yourself you don't think anybody else is you know feeling what you feel and all that crap right. you know but the real magic of this stuff is that it's also really great music and the music definitely uh brings feelings and makes you feel things and and it's almost like it comes it, it sort of comes at you not overtly because the 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 lyrics even though this one is really dense with lyrics it has a lot of lyrics on it but it's not necessarily nothing spelled out you know but it definitely it's yeah. very evocative and it definitely evokes different uh feelings and emotions listening to it and and that's what i found with this record it, it was very you know right from the start it's sort of uh it, it brings you into this mood it's a mood and it's not necessarily a a happy sunny mood it's more of a kind of a darker mood i feel like right um yeah i i can't figure out what the lyrics are even when i do hear them talking i've i have some ideas but i really have no idea Right, right, um, and and I don't think that's going. yeah, I don't think that's necessarily that important because I I, I yeah. always feel like that. Even some people say, oh, I don't pay attention to lyrics. I don't care. Even if you say you don't, they somehow a lot of them get get in you anyway, you know, because mm-hmm. ultimately mm-hmm. it's whatever you get out of it and whatever you take from it. So you're gonna take whatever you take from it, but it's not like they're not, you know, they're singing in some language that you don't know. I mean, they are singing English, and you <laughs> you know right. English words, so it is getting into you <laughs> somehow anyway. And, uh, you know, there's that emotion that comes through, even if it's yelling, yelling a word, there's the emotion you get where you get that sense of what the heck is going on in the song, you know, yeah. like just from the the sound and angle of it. Right, right. So I, I did want to point out something, though, like listeners are probably like, why the hell did he pick a band that has literally one record out? I mean, there's some other records that came out afterwards and a couple singles, but that's really it. Right. I look at this band and people have done this uh like family tree type thing of louisville slash chicago you know rock from the late 80s 90s um and this is a band that kind of just spawned all of these other bands or crisscross with other bands right 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 put out way more records and you know probably have 
more of a name than Rodan does. Right, right, because um, they were very yeah. short-lived, and this was it. Yeah. But um, so it was released in uh, 1994, April 1994, on Quarter St- Stick Records, which I'm not familiar with. I don't know. Are you familiar with them at all? It was just a subsidiary of Touch and Go. They oh, had, okay. like, Touch, uh, Touch okay, and Go did a M&D, you know, a manufacturing distribution deal. Okay. Uh, so Quarter Stick was, like, one of those sub-labels. I don't really know who ran it, um, per se, Right. But I know Touch and Go was like the force behind it. All right. And the album's called Rusty Why. Who is it? Who is it named after? I have no idea. It's named after Bob Rusty Weston of Shellac. Oh. I mean, we know him from Shellac because <laughs> we did a Shellac record. I had no idea. Uh, Bob Weston, yeah, who uh, engineered uh, engineered um, the album. And uh, yeah, yeah, that was his nickname. Uh, and he was in Volcano Suns, right? Oh, no, Mr. Plow, come up here and take a bow. Right, 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 right. Yeah, Years Bob Weston. That. So, yeah, he was yeah. in a ton of very, also another guy that's all over the place, you know, been in a ton of stuff. Yeah, yeah, so it's named after him. And, yeah, there's also Jason Lowenstein uh, produced it, and his name comes up a lot. He, he's involved in all, all, all different things. Was he in Sebado? Of these times, it's where we make the most. Boredom fabricating words to fill down each other's throats and eyes. So excited. Yeah, he was in Sebado, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, yeah, yeah. So uh, all right. So the core, uh, the core of the band uh, for this is uh, is Kevin uh, Coltus, right, uh, drummer, mm-hmm. but also uh, you know sings and he plays some guitar in the album as well. You got Jeff Mueller. You got J- Jason Noble. Uh, who uh, guitar and vocals, and you got Tara Jane O'Neill playing bass and also vocals, and and her her and Jason, their vocals are important, really important, because I think they mm-hmm. do they do this thing where they both sing, and it's very unique because it's not your it isn't your normal you know male female voices, I don't think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely unique, you know. And this is pre emo going down that road, um, right? I hate right, to use right, that right. term. Yeah. But I almost look at this record, you know, I always, when people are like, oh, what's emo? I always like, well, for me, it was Fugazi. Any time but now, anywhere but here, anyone but me, I've got to think about my own life. Right, like, Fugazi had that emotional, yes. angular, you know, punk and political, but like, you know, social issues, right, you know, right. feminist issues. And I look at that as emo, and then it went into like, you know, girl, guy, whiny vocals. Uh, and that it became that for a long time. Right. But I look at this like that. Right. I, I was sort of if, if I was saying if I was just to describe it offhand, I would say it's like a cross between like early Sonic Youth and a funkier Fugazi sort of. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, that uh, that's all in there. I think the album, I mean, there, there's only six tracks on it, so we'll definitely d- dig into it. And a lot of the songs are, are longer and there's obviously different parts to them and movement. But uh, I really like, like, I came into this album blind, you know, as mm-hmm. you, I think just about every record you've brought into me, I've come into blind, <laughs> which is awesome. So that means I, I, you know, I said, oh, okay, uh, Joe uh, picked a record and now let's, let's see what this sounds like because I'll have no idea. <laughs> but you were, I mean, you were, you were familiar with Slint even before he did that in the oh, episode, Oh, totally. Right? That one or, I did. Yeah. yeah. I was a big fan right. of uh, Spider-Land. So I did. But you know, sometimes you have, like, it's, it, it's like ridiculous like if if i know splint and spider land why would i not know this band but you know that's just how it is sometimes right? 
<laughs> right. Did you know Juno 44? June of 44, did you, were you aware of no. that band? No, no. No, okay. Because that, that like sprung from this. Okay, so when yeah, well I saw finished. a lot of, yeah, because they broke up, but they didn't just stop playing. They all went on to different projects, right? Right, yeah. So uh, like Jeff started June of 44 with Doug Sharon, who eventually was in Codeine and a bunch of other people ah, that okay, were from okay. like the D.C. area. Right. Um, like Lungfish and Hoover and stuff like that. And then. Jason went on to do Rachel's, which was a, a possessive Rachel's, right, <laughs> um, right? Which was with this Rachel Grime, and that was kind of like chamber music almost, right? Uh, right, right. That's the only way I could describe. I it. saw that. Yeah, I saw uh, that. I was reading about yeah. it, and that, yeah, that's how it's described. And, and Tara Jane went on to Sonora Pine and Redson, and she played with a bunch of other women. And Kevin Coltis played with her and that, and um, yeah, it's just uh, it's insane. When you think about all the, and for me, like at the time in the mid nineties, I was just obsessed with sort of all things Louisville and Chicago, uh, you know, right. revolving around touch and go and this, and this label too. So I was sort of tracking all that stuff and they would, they would come out and I'd be like, Oh, there's another Rodan or Slint related band. Right. And uh, when I, yeah, when yeah. I hear this, I, of, of course I right away, I say, Oh, well this is right. Of course, Joe loves this. This is right up Joe's mm -hmm. alley. But also I really love it. And you know, it's funny when you, I feel like when I listen to stuff like this, when I listen to Slint or I listen to this and I'm listening to it at, when I'm listening to it, it's the greatest thing ever. Like this is what music to me, I'm saying, <laughs> this is what music should be. You know, it's like, it's like perfect because it's not, cliche it's it's super creative it's super well recorded well played and you know at the moment while i'm listening it's the greatest thing ever <laughs> yeah i mean you know this record being only six songs i mean it's not that short time wise but it, everything's like very intentional there's no filler or you know what i mean no like, no right it's there, really intentional yeah um, yeah every every piece of it yeah and you get sucked in right from the beginning so let's uh let's open up with the first track because it's kind of you know the first track i it, it tricks you in a way because i thought oh, okay i this is kind of what the album is going to be like and the album is not like what the first track is even though but the first track is really uh beautiful it's a beautiful instrumental and let's listen to the beginning of it a little bit of bible silver corn
so it's really pretty and it almost sounds like I kept waiting for drums to come in because I know you you Joe's bringing a record to me I know there's going to be drums on it and <laughs> you know and there's going to be an awesome drummer but the uh, the drums never do come in on this one it's just really this beautiful uh instrumental with the intertwining guitars and there's some piano in there as well yeah there was um around this time this seemed to be a trend in the indie rock math rock scene um where bands would start with an instrumental that was sort of chill right um, right right right. that i noticed like (laughs) i don't know if you're familiar with the band dis they were from illinois somewhere like champagne urbana oh okay and hum Oh, Hum yeah, became right, a very right. big band, right? Yep. But like hum, hum and Dis were around the same time, you know, the Midwest, I don't know, Milwaukee, up and down, you know, around Chicago. All, all those bands kind of would start with these sort of chill instrumentals. Right. <laughs> you know, no drums or very minimal drums. Uh, and it became kind of like that intro trend. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And it's not, but but this song, but this song really evolves and breathes. And I want to just play a little bit further into it because it's hard, you know. Like I always yeah, say, yeah. when you get something like this, it's, you can't just play a little snippet at the beginning. But uh, let's uh, go into a little bit more of it, and you could hear how it evolves a little more, a little more of Bible. So. I love this part because I love how it's so uh, pretty, beautiful, but then it gets sinister, a little sinister sounding. You know, the guitar just sort of starts to crunch in a little. swelling distortion. Yeah, 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 that little edge. But it still never explodes or it never does that. But still, it just adds that little menace, the little feeling of menace in there. Yeah. These these guys are all, I think, a little older than me. Um, So when they made this, they were probably mid-20s, late-20s. And, I think um, they were well when they formed. They were like early twenties, so mid twenties, yeah. probably like mid twenties. Yeah, so it's pretty something to hear that song. You know what I mean? Like to have restraint like that at yes. a pretty young age. You know, like most most people wouldn't have that restraint. No, God, to, you know, I mean, you yeah. uh, you were bands younger. <laughs> I no, didn't. of course, never. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, so yeah, ninety four uh, or ninety yeah ninety four fall ninety four. I did this road trip with a buddy of mine, and we eventually got to Louisville. And Rodan, I found out Rodan just broke up. Oh. And uh, I just remember wandering around drunk at night after seeing shows, just yelling, where's Rodan? Oh, God. Over and over. <laughs> I was bummed out because I was really wanting to see them. And I find out they break up and I'm like, oh, I'm so bummed. That's yeah. a very emo thing uh, to do, you know? <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, but immediately they don't they don't they don't waste time because they hit you over the head with the second track, which is a short, quick blast. Uh, let's listen to a little bit of Shiner. So there's a lot going on in this little two and a half minute song. There's a lot going on here. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah, have you heard Bastro at all? Oh yeah. So yeah. that. Yeah. So um. It's funny when I listen to this, I'm like, oh yeah, of course. I was listening to it all at the same time, but I wasn't really equating sometimes uh, bands. And I'm like, man, this sounds a lot like Bastro. Right. Uh, which for listeners, that's a pre Gaster del Sol band. Right. Right. Uh, and that's how I know them from when we did the Gaster it, yeah. del Sol. Uh, record yeah and i dove back into them yeah and it's all great stuff so yeah um after last night i think he's saying after last night uh it's hard to shine uh after the last night i'm surprised the day even came but it came uh a lot of these songs are very like i said they're very like evocative of of youth of, of like young people just sort of everything you know everything's dialed up to 10 and everything's like you yeah. know they were they were whispering something like lying on our backs in the backyard or something like that like right right uh, right you right. know just looking up at the sky right uh, right just painting these yeah, images which you know yeah, people yeah. that you know young people are, are going through at the time just sort of trying to navigate the the, the the world and you know them coming of age in the world at the end when he's when they're doing a, a pop pop i think he's saying something about the enemy down goes uh maybe down goes the enemy pop pop yeah it's very uh it's it's very heavy and it's very uh, visceral <laughs> yeah and the uh drumming in uh, not that i'm a you you, play, you paint me as this like drummer guy but, well you're, you're um, a drummer guy but, you play, yeah i am you play but, drums. Um, and i don't obsess over <laughs> listening to the drums but man he, kevin kevin's drumming on this record and like that track in particular is just insane it is uh it is, some yeah. of the weird transitions he does and you know if you try to like they do play weird time signatures but sometimes they're playing normal but they make them sound weird well yeah uh, because, because he it's does all, like yeah yeah it's all about the uh, dynamics and you know we've said yeah, this before yeah. especially with drummers it, it's like how you hit it's how you hit yeah. that snare and how you do it and that and yeah again once again we have a band with a drummer that that has has that has that little x factor mm-hmm yeah. So even yeah, because it's not even though it isn't as math rocky as others uh, as other bands of that genre. Really, when you break it down, and listen to it. There are parts and they stand out because it's like, oh wow, that's cool. But it's not like it's it's all crazy, you know, almost like prog. You know, some of the math rock bands are almost like prog. 
Yeah, right. Yeah, you listen to Don Caballero uh, being one of them, right? Like, yes, yes. Insane time signatures um, and multiple, the different players are all playing potentially different ones that all map together. Yep. Um, these guys, I notice what they do is sometimes uh, they don't, they're not playing a weird time signature, but they repeat things in a weird way. Oh, right, uh, so right, like right. like the normal way of like repeating something four times, they'll do it three times. So you think it's a weird time signature, but it's just the transitions happen at a, a non-normal place. Right, right. Arrangement. Yeah. Well, the arrangements. And that's what uh, that's yeah. what I'm always so impressed with these. Uh, around this time, there was these young, uh, like, you know, like we said, these young people. But still, they were very, and, and probably part of it is just not being schooled in the proper way to form songs and do it, which, you know, if you're really creative and good, that's better, you know, because then you mm -hmm. end up coming with something really unique and original that just sounds, yeah, you can't figure out why, why does that sound a little off? And it's like you said, it's because they only did like three instead of four or things like that. Right. Yep. Uh, all right. So now we get kind of the epic centerpiece of the record, right? I would say uh, the everyday world of bodies. It's like almost 12 minutes. Uh, we'll play a couple of different parts of it, I think, but uh, let's listen to the beginning of the everyday world of bodies. Man, just the the, uh, the first minute and a half of that song is like so. It's got that killer, uh, you know, intro part. That that riff is killer, and then and then it switches gears a little, and then goes into where the vocals come in. And again, it's like really good. Just a cool, you know, groove uh, that they lay down, and it, uh, it's really good. Yeah, I wonder how long it took him to <laughs> come up with all the parts to this. Like if it was multiple songs and they put them together like i imagine these are all bands that rehearse a lot oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> right yeah i uh on the podcast i interviewed um darren gray from dazzling Kilman. uh they're they were a st louis band okay um on skin graph you know math rock loud math rock band right and he talked about um them practicing he, he thinks it's a midwest only thing he was a little pompous about like the work ethic of ah. midwest people um <laughs> But uh, um, he, he, but he talked about how they practiced. I think every night, <laughs> like, right, right. It's insane. And they weren't all like at that point. He 
he wasn't that young, and one of the other guys wasn't that young. Well, th you know, that's it. Yeah, because when you're really young, yeah, when you're really young, you could do that. You could rehearse every yeah, day because you got nothing else to do. That's why I'm in improv bands now right. because we have no time to practice. <laughs> no, you so can't rehearse. we're Let's like, just yeah, get we're together and play band. a show once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, they, it, he talked about that. And yeah, you know, these guys were probably all living together or, you know, in two different apartments and just jamming every night. Yeah, yeah. Know? Jamming every night and just getting everything yeah. dialed in. And uh, yeah, man, to what effect? What a great effect. Let's get uh, mm -hmm. a little further in the song. Listen to a little bit of uh, the everyday world. And, and the amazing thing about this song is as long as it is, it's relentless. It like never really lets up. Yeah. Because <laughs> I just want to, yeah, yeah. I, I just want to play one. I want to play the end of the song because the end, it gets really intense. I think a lot of these songs are maybe about about young people, like maybe uh, losing your virginity for the first time and things like that. And, uh, and, and I think that's what's going on here at the end, but it's like, it's so emotional where he's saying, I, I will be there. I swear I will be there. I, I will not take more of what's been taken for you. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's like really heavy, but, uh, yeah, yeah let's just listen to the end of this. Uh, the end of this. <laughs> so good, right? Yeah, I, 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 I was looking for possibly a thirty-three and a third book on this record, but I don't think there's been one. Well, there, there can't um, be now that uh, we're doing this episode. They could use some of our, <laughs> our, you know, our great knowledge, and then they'll put it yeah. in the book. <laughs> That's probably what they're um, waiting for. <laughs> but yeah, it'd be it'd be something. I, unfortunately, you know, Jason died uh, in 2012 yeah, um, at a way too young of an age. Um, and then one of their earlier drummer, the original died too. drummer died like the year yeah. after that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. John Cook, who yeah. um, him and his brother both did. Uh, I think Todd did the there was a, a, a movie called Half Cocked that these guys star in. I heard about band. that. I, yeah, I, I read about that. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's kind of interesting. And those guys, uh, Todd, 
No, John was also in Crane, which is another band to have like maybe two. I think there's two records out very similar to this, like killer, angular, aggressive, you know, math rock. Right. Yeah. So, so you you got into Rodan pretty much in real time, right? Because you got into them, and yeah. then you found out they they had just broken up. But yeah, it, it was real time. So yeah, it was when it came out. Yeah, but I'm trying to. So 1994. This is still pre-internet. You're finding out about bands like this through uh, through like zines and th- things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, probably like Flipside or right. You know, magazines like that. Magnet, maybe. I don't know, I don't know if Magnet was around at that point. It probably right. was, right? Yeah, so I was, yeah, and also um, I was, so being a tech, I'm a techie, so I've been on, like, email lists all through college. Oh, okay, okay. Um, so pre, you know, the web's around, but barely. That's right. Uh, you're what, not learning, what you're was not it before, learning about it. What was the original chat thing that people used to chat on? Oh, IRC? or Before, New- I know there was oh. something before AOL. Um News groups? I, I can't remember, Maybe? but there was some, I knew yeah. some nerdy, like, kids that were that would yeah. do stuff. Yeah. <laughs> So we were on these things called list servers. They were, oh, it was okay. just an email right, list, right, right. distributed email list. And I found out about a lot of music that way. Oh, okay, uh, so it was nice. like, and at the time, like the people online were either computer science people, librarians or, or government workers. That's the <laughs> only people who had, who had access to the, like the internet. Right. That's um, originally, and, that's what it was for originally. They figured. Yeah. And luckily enough, a lot of those nerds were into music too. So I found out a lot about music that way. Right. Right. And now it's for people arguing about politics and uh, posting memes now. That's yeah. I might have just, I, I sort of remember buying this, I think, at just the local record store. I just kind of walked in. I was like, oh, what's that all about? Oh, really? And yeah, okay. I think. Yeah. Well, and that was a cool thing. Got me. Yeah. At the time, back in the day, you could still do that. Like record stores, you know, it depends who, who was in, in charge of buying it and they would just get stuff yeah. on a flyer. So yeah, sometimes you'd come across something that really shouldn't be in like a little record store somewhere. You wouldn't think it would be there, but it would be there. And yeah, I, right. I definitely picked and up And this being like stuff. quarter stick being kind of part of touch and go that helped a lot. Cause touch and go at the time was not just a label, but a distributor. So they got a, it got around a right, lot. You right, know? right, right, right. They, they, it was pretty mature at that point. So. Right. All right. So this next one, Jungle Gym. I have no idea. There, there are lyrics. They're singing. It's cool. I don't know what it's about, but uh, but it's a cool song. Let's listen to a little bit of Jungle.
so that that slow slower quiet part something that it's very slint like a spiderland like i would say right sure yeah yeah and yeah. it's a it's a it's it's like a precursor to so tara jane o'neill went on to form retson and that's very retson sounding oh so okay, if you, okay if you dig that part of it right um uh retson were this yeah really cool group that her she put on and Todd Cook was in that, and right. uh, two other women, yeah. Yep. Yeah, and then they, uh, yeah, and then they just crush you with the with the crushing part. <laughs> um, and it's great because a lot of these bands were doing, you know, uh, 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 a lot of people like to credit uh, Pixies with the loud, soft, loud thing, and yeah, they definitely did that as well. But uh, bands like this, I feel like, came at it uh, from a different angle than than them. Yeah, um, yeah, I don't think of the Pixies as a loud, soft, loud. I mean, they are <laughs> right, um, right. But it was, yeah, but it was just different than this it was right no yeah it was different yeah right yeah it is i don't even know if i can put my <laughs> finger on it but it is right because you don't think of them at all when you're listening to it except that i brought it up and said it but aside from that you yeah. wouldn't think of it yeah because it's not right like, you wouldn't say oh these guys were listening to the pixies like nirvana when you listen you say oh okay they were fans of the pixies but you listen to this and you wouldn't say that you know right 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 yeah um yeah that earlier track uh shiner i always wonder if the, the so there's a band that uh, was called Shiner. I think they were definitely after this, uh, and they were very much a loud, a loud, quiet, loud. Oh, okay, uh, math, okay. Mathy band, yeah. Midwest scene, right? They got kind of popular. So around the same time, Hum got popular, right? Right. Um, yeah. Well, uh, this whole album, I could definitely see it being very influential to bands, uh, you know, that that came after this. That was sort of in the same genre. I could I could see that. I could see this being much like Spiderland was being a, a touchstone for so many bands. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. For yeah, sure. I was aping the shit out of this. So. <laughs> Trying to anyway. Not right. even, you know, right. cannot not even coming close. But well, yeah, I was in. Uh, so at the time, we were, I was in a three piece with Nuge and our buddy Alex, and that was a math rock band called Hilka. And we were totally just influenced by a ton of the stuff like this and Slint and other and then loud, louder rock, Chicago loud rock, like Jesus Lizard. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Yeah. Which is different, a totally different animal, too. Yeah. Um, Yeah. All right. So this next one, Gage, uh, there's definitely something. This is what I meant, like the vaguely sinister. I feel like there's something Mm -hmm. sinister going on here with gauge once again i'm not sure what it's all about but uh, there's something there's a little sinister thing there let's listen to the opening of it
just this part here where they're both trading off uh, the vocals and everything. Yeah, there's just something very, you know, it's sort of it, it brings me back to what goes on again on the Slint album where there's where they're sort of speaking sometimes, and it's just it's almost like it brings me back to you know how um, Pink the first time you heard uh, uh, Dark Side of the Moon, Pink Floyd, and they had these uh, you know speaking parts in there, and it just sort of it just sort of um you know uh opens it up and brings it to like a little there's a little sinister thing going on well they're not singing mm-hmm. you know no one's singing so <laughs> what's what is going on over there it was umaguma for me i listen oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> i listened to the one side that uh the something about the animals in the cave or something like that oh okay uh, i listened okay. to that a bunch with a uh, my best friend in high school really nice i think some yeah. i think we're doing i think someone has in the, the near future we're doing umaguma i think someone uh, oh think yeah they, that'd be good yeah we'll we'll see about that <laughs> <laughs> yeah that like the lyrics in this one go weirdly like they start talking about sedatives and stuff like that yeah um, yeah. You know, it's more of that same, like, you know, going to sleep and in the morning. And I don't think it's around drug use, but it's around maybe vulnerability and safe spaces almost. Like right, right. Well, he said coming, that. I coming think out they, of it. And yeah, being, they say yeah. something about hiding in a safe little room where uh, yeah. nothing is wrong. Um, but yeah, but you know, something's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the toy instruments uh, coming in the beginning of this, uh, the last track here. Um, so we'll skip a little of that, but I want to listen to the beginning of the final trap, Tooth Fairy Retribution Manifesto. Sometimes I think about what, like, you know, why did, why were bands like this making music like this in Louisville, you know? <laughs> you know, it's the same thing, you know, we talked about during the Dead Sea thing about what, you know, there, there was this weird pocket of just explosion of bands doing a certain thing in New Zealand, different parts of New oh, Zealand. Oh, right, too. right, right. And and it's the same thing. Like I t- I thought about that with this. Like especially in the '90s, we were very so much because of Seattle. Uh, but even before like that went nuts, we were thinking about scenes. You know, like right. there was the North Carolina scene with the indie rock going on there. Um, you know, Northern Virginia, DC, of course. Right. Uh, right. You know, in Chicago, all these little weird pockets that you know it's probably bands influencing each other, of course, um, hanging out. You know going through the same crap. Right, 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 right. 
Yeah, this thing, we brought this up in a Bartopon episode. I, I, and I felt horrible afterwards because I felt like I was dissing Isabella for like, oh, I don't really listen to lyrics. Uh, yet I love her vocals. Right, um, right. The lyrics on this I've never read before, and they're fascinating. Yeah, they are, right? <laughs> the color of blood she left on a playground, justice and a fist, and you pay for sugary things like smiles with a handful of teeth ripped apart. Yeah, like it's it's totally it's totally it is the Tooth Fairy's manifesto. Like it's this, right later on. It talks about getting getting rich off all the pennies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for knocking somebody's teeth out and reaching under and stealing their teeth. Right, right, right. I'll I'll knock out every tooth. Yeah, of everyone that tried to break my body and cover them up with a pillow at night for monsters to th- Jesus. Yeah, let's listen to that's all. Uh, this is at the end of it. Let's listen to the end of uh, Tooth Fairy Retribution. <laughs> And it just ends. Then it's on. I'd be rich with pennies yeah. and the blood left behind. But you wonder why I never uh, knew the lyrics. You could barely hear. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. right. <laughs> and we did not have. We did. Which I, I don't care. Loved. I don't care yeah. what groups you had to go on. You could not find the lyrics. To this. <laughs> yeah, I don't think. I don't think there were. Yeah, there weren't lyrics in the. I had this originally on CD. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I was lyrics wondering. on it. Uh, yeah, Even the song titles were really hard to read because it was like handwritten and it was like gold on orange oh okay so even on the impossible CD. to read yeah right so i i had a hard time even figuring out what the song titles were uh, right back when i listened to it <laughs> yeah and and I, I remember sometimes a lot of music that i loved and i listened to i got like uh cassettes like people made me cassettes of and stuff so i didn't have like and a lot of times i didn't have any information i just had this right, cassette right. with like great stuff on it but it's like i didn't know anything about not it. not even knowing the band or anything right like that, sometimes right? Yeah. yeah rat <laughs> would give me these tapes that just had like a, a sticker like a picture on it and that's it nothing you know <laughs> you don't know that you don't know that band i'm not gonna tell yeah. you they're the greatest <laughs> band in the world <laughs> american music club right uh, well yeah uh, it, originally initially but yeah there's a bunch of band the flying uh, lutenbachers and the dog oh, termins yeah. you know i learned I, <laughs> I i did discover a lot of great bands through rat but i just had to put up with listening to him for the past uh 30 plus years <laughs> <laughs> is that why you moved to LA <laughs> to get away from rat? Well, I don't yeah, know. To get rat. That's, that's an added bonus, but that's not why. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so Joe, so what's going on? I know you said, so you're, uh, obviously you, you can't get in touch with, uh, your other member in turd, but what <laughs> you got any, uh, you got anything what's coming up the pike for you? Yeah. A lot. Uh, carbon's 30th anniversary is coming up next year. Really? Yeah. So I started, I started in 94 spring of 94, um 
right before that road trip I alluded to earlier. Right. Yeah. So next year's 30th anniversary. So I'm planning a ton of releases. Oh, nice. And this this year's been packed with releases, a bunch of LPs and stuff like that. So I put on an LP from A Handful of Dust, which is Bruce Russell from the Dead Sea. Uh, it's That's a long-running project he has with Alistair Galbraith. So oh, that that's came out great. back in the spring. And I put on an LP by a amazing guitar player, Liam Grant, uh, this summer. He's fucking 20. His bir- he just had a birthday. He's like 24 Ugh, or something. Hate him already. He, just stupid talented. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, just like, uh, just crazy talented. Uh, so, yeah, I'm working on another one from him and a whole slew of things planned for next year. Nice. Uh, I'm going to try to pull off a festival and stuff like that, too. And where's the best place for someone to go to see all this stuff? Uh, CarbonRecords.com or the Bandcamp page, which is Carbon-Records.Bandcamp.com. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's and where everything gets posted. What's going on with Band- Bandcamp? Still, you know, still there now. I, I like. I know. There's... Just talking about that earlier. Yeah. You know, it got bought, but you know, just nine months ago it got bought, and it, almost the exact same press release came out about like the company wanting to have a better stream of licensable right. music or some bullshit like that. Uh, so who knows if. This new buyer will, but for do now that there's, just there's no better. Again. Yeah, there's no better alternative for right now anyway, and everything's still. Yeah, so I think yeah, it's not time to jump ship yet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I sell. I definitely sell stuff easier on there than I do on my own site. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I can always need a place, and yeah, I always it's just recommend easier for a lot that, of people. That's the first place yeah. I look for music to get it because I figured it's the best place for now. Well, as long as Elon Musk uh, doesn't buy it. Then, uh, <laughs> that would be the death knell. I'd have to jump ship if that happened. I think so. I think um, I'm holding on right now, but <laughs> right. yeah. So the label and I do a radio show on a local radio station, so I'm psyched about that. Um, and then the podcast, and the podcast is actually a zine too. Originally, it was supposed to be a zine. And then I decided to do a podcast. My teeth need attention. Yeah. Yeah. So it's print zine. So I've gotten two issues out and I'm working on a third one right now. That's, uh, that'll come out sometime in the winter probably. All right. Good. Well, all of, uh, all of Joe's links and stuff will be on our website. If you go to the uh, episode, you'll see all the links to whatever Joe's got going on. I know you did. I saw earlier on Instagram, you had the live, you were doing like a live stream thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. On the radio show, I had, uh, my buddy, Will Veter playing it live on the air. So I did a, uh, live stream on Instagram. Yeah, look at you. Did one day or night with another, some more friends of mine. So keeping busy. That's good. I like it. Uh, don't forget, I'm keeping bit not as busy as Joe, but I'm trying to keep busy. Uh, you could uh, follow me on Instagram and Facebook. It's at that record got me high. On X, it's at trgmh podcast. You could email me at trgmh33 at gmail.com. Most importantly, if you want to become a patron of the show and support me, we just put out a really fun episode, a little dark, called uh, that song about uh, death and dying got me high. Uh, (laughs) So if you want to participate in those, go to patreon.com forward slash TRGMH, become a patron of the show. I would appreciate it. Joe, as always, this was great. I'm glad we were able to get you on. Yeah, thanks for having me. I feel like a slack. I haven't given you a Patreon submission in a while. Oh. I was going to this time, but um, no, that's right. I don't know. I, know. I things, screwed up. Things get in the way. You, you're <laughs> fine. Maybe next time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, thanks again for coming on. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Until next week, I'm Rob Elba. We'll see you all again.